Welcome to the Deep Dive Report. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. We have a full crew this episode as we will recap week five and also preview week six. So when I say full crew, we have Michael Hayward joining us now, uh, reporting out of Denver, Colorado. We have DeWitt Fiala reporting out of Tampa, Florida, and we have Mike Karen reporting out of Buffalo, New York. So um, I'll go ahead and pass the baton to Mr. Michael Hayward, who hasn't been on the show quite a bit. So Mike, just as a routine, please share the weather in Denver right now. Uh, weather's been nice. It's been uh, nice, warm fall weather for Denver. Uh, low 80s and um, mid to low 50s at night. So it's a uh, no humidity and no rain and no clouds. So it's beautiful. Um, aside from uh, it actually is perfect baseball weather. I was going to sit down today and watch the uh, Braves and the NLCS. Uh, but unfortunately, the Dodgers have put up 11 runs in the top of the first inning. So I don't think I'm going to be watching that game today. I think I'll watch something else and spare myself the frustration. Um, Up to 12 now. Oh, 12. uh, Well, well, it was 11 in one inning, I guess. The Braves beat their record last year in in, in an elimination game. Uh, I think they allowed 10 in the first last year against St. Louis in game five. And today they managed to. To beat that feat. So at least the game is over early and I can get on with my day. I don't know. I just felt this, the playoffs was kind of weird and deserved, de- definitely deserved an asterisk when you have the the Rays, the Marlins, and the Braves all in the playoffs at the same time. So that's just <laughs> that's just me. But um, but anyway, but DeWitt, you kind of already um, spoke out for a quick second, so might as well just pass it to you. How's the weather in Tampa, speaking of the Rays? Oh, lovely, lovely. It's still uh... – Still October, so uh, between now and February, March, it's the best time of year here. So you know, late high seventies, low eighties, humidity's down. It's not raining a lot. It's awesome here this time of year. So with that said, I'll go ahead and say it's just hot as hell here in Miami. You're talking about high eighties. I mean, I don't even like running when the sun's out, but I still do just to you know get a decent workout in. So. Uh, I decided to save the best for last. Let's just go far up north <laughs> to Buffalo, New York. Uh, Mr. Mike Curran, uh, how's the weather yet? I'm going to always ask you, is it snowing yet? It's, uh, it's perfectly comfortable. It's, 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 you know, best time of year. Just ho- hoodie, maybe hoodie and shorts weather right now, which is perfect. So Okay, but well, what is that? What, what are we talking, Mike? Are we talking 60s, 70s? Upper 60s right now. Okay. All right. Let's see how long that lasts, right? Yeah, in the well, oh, by the weekend they'll be in the early low fifties. <laughs> All right, so a lot happened week five um, with COVID. Shoot, we just had our last official football game on a Tuesday, and then we have our first week six game on a Thursday. So we're recording this actually on a Wednesday. So as you can see, just a little little gap as far as going from week after week, um, just due to COVID and everything. So. Um, a lot of calls. No Thursday game this week. Oh, no Thursday game this Oh, thanks for correcting me. No Thursday game this week. Okay. Yeah, thanks for correcting me on it. Thank, it's about time. Um, so, with that being said, uh, just quick around the table. Key takeaways, call-outs. call, call outs, uh, It can be based on your team you know, or someone who you're biased towards or whatever. Um, Michael Hayward, I'll go back to you, Denver. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from uh, week five as a Giants fan, I may add? Oh, well, there's... There was a lot to unpack in that <laughs> in that fiasco. 
Um, there's been a lot to impact for the Giants for the whole season. Unfortunately, most of it is bad. So uh, the coaching. So ultimately, the the question has to be asked about Daniel Jones. The Giants are zero five. If things continue down this road, you know, the question will be asked whether Daniel Jones comes back comes back next year. Um, he's got to play better. The team has to play better for him to keep his job. Ideally, as a Giants fan, it would be great if um, if he plays better and the offense plays better and uh, the Giants can go in free agency and sign a guy like Allen Robinson and draft somebody like uh, our uh, receiver out of out of LSU um, and really put weapons on the outside, um, which is something that the Giants have just lacked for a long time um, since the Odell Beckham trade, more, more or less. But that that aside, before we even get down that road, uh, you know, the coaching staff, namely Jason Garrett, hasn't done Daniel Jones any favors. Um, like coming out of the gate this year, the Giants kind of started with these long, elongated, uh, telegraphed, deep backfield handoffs with Saquon, where everyone and their mother and in the stadium knew what the play was, where the play was going at the snap. And those plays just weren't working with this young offensive line. Uh, and to Garrett's credit, to an extent, the Giants have, have morphed into more of a quick hitting running plays, quick powers out of the shotgun. They tend to work better. Go figure. Shouldn't have taken five weeks to figure that out. Um, Evan Ingram is starting to run over routes, and they're starting to get, get starting to get him the ball, get him the ball in space. Um, shouldn't have taken five weeks to figure that out. Uh, so. Garrett is really on the hot seat here uh, just because of how you know, criminally negligent he's been in game planning for this all with this offense and with Daniel Jones uh, and to pivot really quick to Daniel Jones and what his shortcomings are. Like at this point, I think he's just a, at best, he's a general accuracy thrower. He's not a pinpoint guy, which is fine. Eli was not a pinpoint guy either. You can win with that kind of quarterback. You just have to game plan for it and get the, the, the right personnel in the right situations for those kind of quarterbacks. Uh, and that's something that the Giants just have refused to do, um, it, whether it be game planning this year or through the uh, their their lack of acquisitions in the offseason. So um, at the end of the day, we'll see if um, if Daniel Jones is the guy or not. He can still, like I guess, send me side up. He can still play himself into a position next year, a starter, starting position next year, or he can play himself out of one. Uh, but time will tell, and we'll see. So here's a follow-up. Yeah, I have. Jones is the kind of guy that, yeah, you know, regarding Jones, as long as you're not invested in him, he's the kind of guy maybe you can have and, and win with and, and whatever. But you know, having the the first round pick investment in him and you know whatever that fifth year option would have to be, which he's not going to get picked up, or if you actually pay a guy like that, that's a nightmare. Yeah, but I agree. I, so I, I can see him being useful to somebody. Yeah, and that's kind of a follow-up, Mike. I was going to Karen, who just made that comment, by the way, on the investment, which now the Giants are officially on the Trevor Lawrence tracker in terms of possibly having their first overall pick. So, um, Mike Hayward, is there a possibility if the Giants finish one or two as far as drafting position, uh, they will draft a Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely. If if they're that, if they outjet the Jets, then the GM is gone. Uh, Gettleman will, will will retire. Likely they'll have him, you know, respectfully retire at the end of the season. A new GM will come in, and uh, the new GM is gonna come to the coach, go to, to Joe Judge, and and say, "Hey, uh, is this your franchise quarterback?" And Joe Judge is gonna say, "No, I didn't. I didn't take the kid six overall." 
Um, so if the Giants are that bad, chances are Daniel Jones did not play well, even you know, in a vacuum, as much as you can put his in a vacuum, just evaluating the quarterback, despite the fact that he has injuries around him. Um, if the Giants are that bad, chances are Daniel, Daniel Jones did not do anything to raise the tide and, and make the players around him better. Uh, and in that scenario, then the quarterback is going to be on on the table uh, come draft day without a doubt. My and again, I, I would I'd prefer honestly if the Giants can you know rustle up enough wins to look respectable by season's end, show improvement, and uh, and just get in, and I'm blanking on the receiver at LSU, fellas. What uh, Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase? Jamar? Yes, yes. Uh, if they could sign a veteran like uh, like in the Allen Robinson class, and then double down on a guy like Jamar Chase and, you know, with the fourth pick or fifth pick, I, I would be out in, in that scenario. I would be comfortable with Daniel Jones going into next season. Uh, it would be hard to mess that up. And with that being said, I'll just quickly say this and we'll move on that. I'm starting to notice a trend, right? With, with rookie QBs or at least QBs on their rookie contract. I mean, we talked about the investment, right? As far as, you know, drafting a QB, having that window, right, to perform well with that rookie contract. But now it's, I'm starting to question, Mike, what you said earlier as far as the investment of a first-round pick. Is it really an investment? Because we're looking at Rosen, who's now trying to find a team. We see the, the situation in Washington with Haskins, who's possibly about to be traded. I think we can probably be guaranteed for the most part that we're going to either see Daniel Jones and Sam or Sam Darnold not return as the starting quarterback for their for their football team next next year. So, you know, it's now getting to the point, is a first-round QB truly an investment? I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. It's only an investment if you see it, at, like if you double down, if, if you start getting the inkling that it's not the right guy and you double down on that, you know, like, like okay, we're not really thinking Daniel Jones is the guy. Let's get him help. That's the first red flag. But, you know, if you just say, oh, he's – we, we missed and just move on. It's It, it doesn't really have to cost you anything because most first-round picks flame out anyway. I'd say, what, there, there's five first-round picks that are maybe impact players beyond a rookie contract drafted every year. So you can just pretend it never happened. You just move on if you have that organizational fortitude or, or structure that will – doesn't sway so easily with with fan pressure and things like that. Yeah, I, I mean to to piggyback a bit. So I mean, the, I agree, uh, Mike, for the most part. But I think there is like opportunity cost, right? Like in hindsight, if Daniel Jones is not the guy, then we're gonna go back and look at that draft at sixth overall and think about all the guys that they left on the board at sixth overall, like all the players who could have helped that football team in those two years more than Daniel Jones did. We're going to say the same about Baker Mayfield. We're already saying the same about Baker Mayfield at one overall, right? And that could, at best, it looks like Baker's going to develop into a, a quarterback who is dependent on ground and pound and play action, which is fine. It's just, man, you kind of wish your first overall pick wasn't that dependent on ground and pound and play action. So, I mean, I think there's just, there's built in opportunity costs when you, when you have a high pick premium pick and pass, you know, premium talent for a need and you miss. Uh, and that typically happens with teams that look for quarterbacks early uh, and, and reach for them, which is what the giants were criticized for on draft day. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of a 
perfect segue over to Mr. DeWitt, who is a fan of the Patriots and uh, follows the, the Buccaneers since he resides in Tampa and following Mr. Brady. So, DeWitt, I know who you want to start off with as far as um, last week's performance, uh, the Bucks or the Pats. Um, and I think the we Pats really is actually... Start, we really can't start with the Patriots yeah. at all. Can we? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. With due to COVID. I was going to let you call it out, but... Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was no game, but which kind of was a blessing in disguise in, in a sense, right? With Cam and COVID and everything, but I'll go ahead and, and let you take the floor on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kraft still has his, his back channels, right? Um, <laughs> they want to get Cam healthy before they, uh, before they take the field again. And all indications are he hasn't even shown any symptoms. So, um, can't imagine he's going to be out too much longer. Uh, but, uh, um, for practice now, right? I, think I, I believe yeah, he is. Yeah. I think yeah. he's go, man. He's green. Yeah. I think he's go. Yeah. He's I mean, fresh. I think this is all, yeah, this is, a, <laughs> this is this is a good old craft stall tactic, <laughs> you know, um, to delay the game and 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 wait for for Cam to get back in. But uh, there isn't much to say there until the game takes place, right? And then you have it. You have it on the Tampa end. Uh, doesn't count. I mean, Tampa lost, but it was. It's Thursday night football on the road. I think Mr. Corinne made up the official rules that Thursday night football on the road does not count. <laughs> Which that game felt it's so a horrible far away. For sure. Yeah. That game felt so Thursday night away. football does not count toward anything, um, especially wait, when wait, you're wait, on wait, the wait, road. For, wait a minute. For a road team or for both? For a home and road team? Because I thought it was for a road team. But, I, I mean, it, especially, it, especially it for the road team. But it's, it's not. You don't take too much away from it. Although when you have a, you know, multi-year trend of a quarterback not being able to do certain things and he's not doing uh-huh. certain, certain things. Okay. Right, That's right. a problem. But right. he's, he, he goes he goes from NFC player of the week, NFC player of the week, mind you, uh, to Thursday night football. Yeah, there, there was a difference there. Um, but uh, they uh, they have a quasi-buy um, because they played on Thursday night. Um, you know, it's unlucky that um, they're going to play the Packers this week who are coming off a real buy. But uh, – that should be a real good game, uh, and it's back to you know out of the twilight zone. Plan on plan on Sunday, not Thursday. Back to the Bucks Chicago game because I know that was I felt like so long ago now. Looking back at it, um, was that more of wow the Bears have a defense, or man the Bucks are still trying to trying to figure it out on offense? Man, these teams are frauds. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Both of these teams are frauds. No, I, I think Chicago is still a fraud. Uh, I don't. I'm not buying that crap. Um, I'm buying their defense. Uh, I'm buying their defense to an extent. Like they still can't stop the run, and that's like that's going to come back to bite them at some point. I'm just waiting for the day it does, or the several days it does. Yeah, you can't stop the run. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if if they can't stop the run, I mean, if they can't stop the run in that division, like they're going to struggle at some point. It's going to come back to get them, and they can't outscore anybody with Nick Foles playing. So I, I'm I'm not buying Chicago at all. Um, I think they're frauds. Yeah, as the season wears on, I can see that being the case. They just don't have that oomph on offense. Um, I think Khalil Mack is still breaking Tom Brady in half, though, and it's nearly a week later. Um, so th- th- they do have some things going for them when it comes to facing, you know, facing a lot of pressure through the air. Um, they're going to win some games based on that defense. They're going to win ugly. They're going to win 16, 13 games. They're trying to win like, you know, like the Tennessee Titans win, <laughs> uh, but um, but again they don't have they don't have that upper echelon talent to to maintain it. That's that's probably a, probably a good prediction on your on your end, Mr. Hayward. 
And speaking of Mr. Brady, Brady's got that turtle shell though. He's fine. Turtle shell. And speaking of Mr. Brady and, uh-huh. his, tur- and his turtle shell, did he really forget uh, the downs to it on that last drive? Oh, he for sure did. <laughs> he definitely did. Yeah. He's 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 forty three. It was Thursday night, the Twilight Zone. He forgot to take his geriatric meds. I mean, everything everything was off. Uh, I think that was classic. And you saw right away the dementia jokes come through on Twitter. <laughs> but. Yeah, they asked. And, you know, for once, Arian actually tried to cover for him, said, no, he knew it was fourth down. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he dumps that ball down for a first down every time if he, if he knows that's fourth down. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to preview next week on uh, Mr. Brady and the Bucks. But before we do, um, speaking of a game that felt so long ago, uh, how about a game that felt like it was literally yesterday, which it was. Uh, Mike, Corinne, and your Buffalo Bills and Mr. Allen had an interesting game last night due to COVID. A lot of things happened from stiff arms to memes being created from the stiff arms <laughs> to everything. Oh, that was, that was great. Yeah, that was great. so just – No, I mean, that, that, that was your, your, your classic burn the tape game. Um, yeah, like Thursday Night Football? Man, it was worse than that. I mean – what you have is, I mean, Titans didn't get to practice for two weeks, but they also didn't have to play. And then you had a, another team preparing for two different teams at once. They didn't know if they were playing the Titans on Tuesday or Kansas City on Thursday as of Monday for, you know, to be official. So that was a mess. And, you know, injuries on both sides, well, COVID things and, and whatever for the Titans. But, I mean, Buffalo had no interest. I've never seen a Sean McDermott team look like that. So that was – both alarming and I don't expect to see that again. Although the defense has real issues, uh, like I've mentioned in the past on this podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, offense—you know, missed opportunities, drop passes, tip passes. You know, a they can't bit tackle sloppy. Malcolm. They can't tackle Malcolm Butler. They didn't know. try. Did you, I'm going to put that on the they, Bills' they offense too. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I think they, the Bill. I think the Bills' offense just put Malcolm Butler in the Pro Bowl again. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> it's nice they finally shows up, but <laughs> you know it's yeah it was it was just an ugly game. I wouldn't expect to see that in another Bills Titans game if they were to meet again. Um, but it, it's you know it, it's good to kind of yeah they got molly whopped. Let's just say that. Yeah, and, I, you know, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to cut the you know cut the the Titans short on any credit either. Like the Titans no, did no, what, no, what no, Titans do did. right. Oh yeah, and that, and if okay, if you were going to have a team that maybe got cut short on practice, you wanted a big, physical, nasty team that does what they do and doesn't fuck around, and that's what they are. And you had a you know an efficient, tough-minded quarterback that can just you know take what's what's there and and, and move the chains. And, I mean, Derrick Henry did nothing other than make a, a <laughs> Josh Gordon. <laughs> I'm telling you, Mike, I'm telling you, it's Tuesday. It's off cycle. I mean, these off cycle games, like you always talk about Thursday night games. I mean, Brady was bad this week. Josh Allen was even worse. <laughs> I mean, no, he wasn't. These are offside. <laughs> well, Brady doesn't throw the ball when there's three guys in the other jersey surrounding right. one of your guys. Because right. he can. All right. But, <laughs> but, 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 but speaking of Derek Henry for a second, though, guys. And I've said this in the chat plenty of times in our group chat. I don't think he's a great in-between-the-tackle type of runner. I think he's lethal once he's outside. He's like 
you know, Hall of Famer once he gets outside the hash marks. But I don't really see him doing any damage in between the tackles. Am I off by that? I mean, that's just what I've noticed. Just through. Yeah, once he gets to the second level, he's a nightmare. Yeah, he's he's an off-tackle stretch guy. You know, he's a stretch play guy, right? So you either want to you either want to get him the ball um, coming right up the tackle's ass, or get him on the edge. Just you know, get him with a head of steam going because you're right. I mean, as big as he is, he's six foot three, and that's not you know really conducive to leverage. Um, in tight quarters, he he needs he needs a a little bit of a runway, but once he gets there, you know, look out. I mean, maybe I'm guilty of this, but I was comparing him to a taller Jamal Lewis, um, but Jamal Lewis could run in between the tackles. So I kind of you know looked at Henry as like, a, yeah. So I kind of looked at him as almost a taller Jamal Lewis, but then I kept watching him and said, man, he's not really. I mean, I get it, he's huge, I get that, but I don't really see him getting any production on the inside runs yes once he gets to the second level you know he's you know he's he's great but i've noticed more of the second level coming off of to your point to what off tackle type runs or hp tosses whatever you want to call it um yeah so yeah just, just give him, yeah, just and it give him be, that runway it could be a by virtue also of of what the titans are doing often uh, up front with the offensive line right i mean maybe their scheme is more conducive for the perimeter, the edges, and off tackles than they are between the guards, right? That, that sometimes that, that just happens. Uh, so I, I have no doubt that Henry's production between the tackles would be fine if he's not getting hit for the first three yards between the tackles, right? Uh, but I'm assuming that's not the case, uh, hence, why he, he, hence why you see his struggles between the tackles. So it, it, could, be, it could be two things. It could be the, the, you know, Henry's kind of tippy-toe-ness that he still displays at times, and the fact that you know Tennessee may not be as solid up in the middle of that, of that offensive line as they were in years past. And it is hard to be hungry sleeping in silk sheets. He did just get paid. <laughs> got it. Got it. Oh, so oh, well, don't my man AJ Brown. Let's say this like like complete disrespect. Tuesday, Saturday, you play that game when at every any time of the day, any time at night, putting Josh Norman on an island basically in the first quarter. When my man AJ Brown was complete disrespect, and he got mean before Henry AJ Brown. Do, man. Yeah, and I mean, the th- th- there's man. there lies a problem though, right? I mean, if, oh, if yeah. you're trying if you're trying Norman out, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. If you're asking Norman to turn and run with almost anybody, especially AJ Brown, you asking for it. Well, first of all, I yeah, didn't know Josh Norman was on the Bills until I saw him on the Rich Eisen show prior to the <laughs> game, and then I'm I didn't thinking, know he was still alive. And, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> wait a minute, I thought the Bills well, anymore. Well, I'm thinking the Bills have you know have a really good defense, and I'm like, what's Josh Norman starting? But is it because of injuries, they right, Mike? Trey White? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, missing yeah, Trey White, Trey White and okay. Levi Wallace. Were okay, really yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. okay, 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 makes sense now. I'm like, man, watch. Yeah. I mean, and, on, he... and on the other and on the other side, the Texans or um, the, the Titans were missing their number two and three receivers. Um, I think Corey Davis was out, and Adam Humphreys yeah. was out, so Correct. it was just kind yeah. of a kind of a mess. And let's not forget John Brown, who that was going to be my follow up question to Mr. Kern. Uh, I think he was heavily missed last night, or am I wrong? He was. They, he was kind of the zone buster they needed. Um, they couldn't get anything out of their the, the tight ends or anything short. They're having an issue with, with Singletary catching anything more than just a swing pass. So, you know, not having a running back, tight end, you know, middle of the field kind of threat there. And, you know, needing if, if you're going to not be able to do that, try to have somebody that can go deep to make that, make your receivers have more area in the middle of the field to play around with. And yeah, Brown being out hurt, Matt Milano being out hurt because now you're talking about the guy that's covering AJ Brown. Now the guy that's covering John Smith, both out and they just, they went, they, they ate. Yeah. 
All right, quickly moving on to, uh, I guess, my team, the Ravens, right? Uh, they played against the Bengals. Man, that was a boring game. I mean, golly. I mean, as a fan, it was tough for me to finish watching that game. By halftime, it was 17-0. And, I mean, it was just a terrible game to watch. The Bengals couldn't get nothing on offense. Uh, the Ravens should, should have probably won by 50, to be quite frank. Um, but the calls from that game, for the most part, is Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey should be considered as far as defensive player of the year. I'm sure you guys have seen. He's been literally, like, averaging a, a fumble uh, a forced fumble per game. He's known for just trying to hit the ball out of receivers' hands. Now that's kind of like his his forte. Um, so Lamar that's the play from the lead, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Lamar's, you know, Lamar. In, in my opinion, he's, you know, he's still trying to get in rhythm um, with with his receivers and run game. Still not as consistent as it should be. Mark Andrews had a pretty good pretty good day. Same with Marquise Brown. But um, yeah, Lamar still has this throws where you're like what the hell and the next minute he makes a good throw but he still needs to be consistent with that and I will say Mr. Joe Burrow who I watched um, very carefully this game I mean man he he really he has no line I mean it's really hard to evaluate this this kid with no line um, so I think the verdict is still out on him I think he has poise he has potential uh, he <laughs> there was one blitz um, that he just threw the ball up and AJ Green made zero effort to go get the ball, which is a whole other story on AJ Green, because I'm questioning how long he's going to be in the Bengals. Well, he uniform. wasn't getting that, and that's yeah. why he made no effort. Yeah, like, he, he wasn't going to yeah. made an effort on that, that tackle. tackle yeah, exactly. I don't know where he was running. Yeah, yeah. So the question is on Mr. AJ Green uh, going forward. Might just be cooked. I mean, I think he's probably yeah, just done. he's yeah, done. Yeah, he's done. So I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to put too much yep. energy into this game. But I don't know if you guys have any follow ups or comments. But it was just a terrible game to watch, at least. I, my. I mean, as far as Burrow goes, like he's kind of, you know, going through quarterbacks coming in the draft, like he's what I expected so far, which is like, okay, just kind of get comfortable, which I expected the poise. And I've seen that and the athleticism and I have questions about the ball velocity, but you know, this year is just kind of get comfortable and, and, and steady the ship. But the guy that's, that's surprising me and probably surprising a lot of people is, is Justin Herbert where watching him at Oregon, I think maybe it's because they, they played him more horizontally on offense so having to make like, you know, 13 throws a drive that would kind of expose him for maybe being a little more erratic and maybe not quite sure where to go. He's he's showing poise I've never seen before. He's not missing like I'm used to seeing. It's he's really fun to watch. And if, if I, I didn't like I, I had him maybe like a fourth round grade coming out because, you know, I didn't like what I saw just in a, in a body language aspect. And I you know, his accuracy and just his functional athleticism always kind of bothered me. If this is what we're seeing, I'm, I'm, I'll be happy to be wrong, and I'll, I'll love watching him for a long time, hopefully. So that, so then you'll, you'll, be, you'll be able to imagine that Justin Herbert's good? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I remember, like, he comes I, in with you – guys, you guys weren't here for it. Uh, I know our listeners really, really aren't here for all the, all the back and forth we do, but Herbert comes into the game, and Mike Curran immediately, imagine thinking – Justin Herbert's good, right? Sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 balling his ass off. And yeah, he sure great. is. He sure is. I mean, right. obviously, there's going to be a regression to the mean at some point. There's going to be bumps, yeah, the, but somebody's going to figure him so out. Yeah. You know, it'll be the cat and mouse game for uh, about a year, and then we'll see where where he ends up. 
Yeah, and I forgot to mention one last thing with the Ravens game was uh, Patrick Queen had a good game because he actually um, was what voted or won NFL Defensive Player. Well, I'm sorry, AFC Defensive Player of the Week, just to call that out. And I think Jordan Fuller won Defensive Player of the Week for the Rams. And I think offense it was Chase uh, Claypool from Pittsburgh. And I believe it was Holy C- crap. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Who, who would have called that one out? And I – uh, think that CD Lamb also had a showing out as well yeah. against your G Man, um, Mike. Speaking of which, Dax injury that's that might be the story. Oh man, yeah, I was I was watching that game sitting next to a a, a Dallas fan, Dallas friend of mine, and that was man, that was brutal. Oh, God, you wish yeah. that on nobody. That was brutal. And it's, it's hard. It's tough to watch. Yeah. yeah, it's tough to watch, but it's hard not to quickly think of that contract. Unfortunately, you know. Yeah, for sure. And man. I think he'll still get his money. I mean, he might have lost something, but he'll still get his money. I just don't think it'll be in Dallas because I can kind of see a, a reality where Andy Dalton kind of does the same thing Dak does, give or take, for maybe twenty percent of the cost. The red, the red rifle. He, he's going to win that division. I mean, by by hook or by crook, by default. However you want to categorize it, I mean he's he's gonna he's gonna win that division. That seven wins, eight wins. You're right. Like I mean, heaven forbid they win a playoff game with Andy Dalton. That's I agree. That's kind of what the indictment on that may be is the success for Andy Dalton because they're they're gonna backdoor their way into the playoffs. And then Dak can get that open market money and get, go for it, man. I, I just not yep, for me. See you later. Go for it. Which is crazy <laughs> when you think about it because technically on paper now you would think that the Philadelphia Eagles have the best QB on paper, right? Starting going into next week, but man, <laughs> the I mean, Philly, Holy crap, man. You talk about, talk about injuries and a quarterback that just is in the wilderness with, with no one around him. Um, oh, oh, I guess my receiver, Fulgham. that receiver, what, 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 what's, what's that receiver name? Yeah. Uh, Fulgham. Fulgham. Well, I, I think, <laughs> I think he was a senior, I think he was a senior bowl standout at some point. That's about oh. it. I, I, oh. I, Go ahead. Corinne's over there crying about John Brown. Who do the Eagles have on the field? Oh, man, that's brutal, man. I, I, I'm surprised that they put up as much fight as they did against Pittsburgh. I watched that game. And, I mean, like, it's it's amazing how much that offensive scheme can what – the, what that scheme can get out of just average to bad football players. Um, so credit to Peterson. I think they'll be competitive against a lot of teams, at least in that division, but – this, the injuries are just too much, man. They're they're gonna catch up for them. Catch continue to catch up with them throughout the season. I just think there's just a like a small tier of good teams this year, in my opinion. I just think once you get past a certain tier of good teams, I mean the drop off is insane when you look at some of these teams, like the Minnesotas of the world, the Colts, um, the Falcons. Dolphins, the Falcons. I mean, really, I mean off off top of your head, anyone? How many good teams do you guys think we actually have in the league this year? Jets. Six, Holy six. To be determined. <laughs> to be, we get, we get, we we got to wait till like week six before Eight. things really start rolling. I mean, yeah. We, I mean, Cleveland's four and one. Are they good? You know, no, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Like, 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 you're right. Like, we, have, we need at least like eight, nine weeks before we we know like at least who the. Before we see the good teams really start to separate themselves from, yeah, there's always teams like this right? in, in any season. There's always that team that starts out like four and one or five and one, and everybody knows it's bullshit. Chicago, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe maybe there's several this year, but there, there's there's always one or two. Every regarding the Eagles and Wentz and 
I mentioned in the in the chat this week, but there there could be a whole podcast done on the the early success of quarterbacks entering the league from the draft, especially uh, early picks, and the damage it does to their development. And I think Wentz might be one of those guys that you know you 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 patch together a game plan that's going to make him look successful, so he doesn't shit his pants for a year or two, and then you know you get him some help and and things start really clicking. So then there's a lot of pressure from ownership and fans, you know, okay, let's, let's, let's run with this. So he never actually gets to learn the right way. And then here you are when all of a sudden that paycheck comes and you need, now everybody's relying on you. You don't have those skills. And I, we've seen it, you know, when, from the, the, the time the new CABA came down, uh, the, you know, initially with the, uh, with RG3 and, and Cam Newton, those two drafts and to today, it's a, a constant thing. You, you see the guys with the early success, and by year three, you, know, you go Derek Carr. Derek Carr was an MVP candidate his second year, and you know he, he's finally starting to get his bearings about him just being a, a decent quarterback. But it's it's a, a constant thing. And Wentz, he beat Mahomes this week. <laughs> well, oh yeah, well yeah, that, that's another. You know, I mean. But yeah, Mike. To your point, yeah, well, Mike. To your point, I just think it's a lack of veteran leadership right in the locker room. Once a first round pick, you know, comes into the locker room, they're anointed the starter right away. And then we all know it takes time for a scouting report to develop off of you. Let's just be honest. It takes time for a proper scouting report to say, okay, here is his tendencies in in the league. So the anointing so, is a problem. Yes, it's yeah. it's drafting a a a franchise savior or a face of a franchise versus drafting a quarterback versus drafting a guy that's going to help your team at that position and you develop them the right way. Yep. Yep. So, all right. So moving into week six, everyone. Um, what, you have, one last thing to say? Well, yeah, I was just going to kind of say, you know, it's funny how it can, how it can work both ways, right? It can work both ways. You can, you got quarterbacks that come into the league and they tear it up for a year or a year and a half and then they're useless and they never figure it out because everyone figures them out and they're either ill-equipped or too stupid to readjust. And then you got other guys, like you look at like Drew Brees, right? You, you look at some of these other guys and it's like, they come into the league two, three years, nothing. And then all of a sudden, boom, a light goes on. They the take right off. Yeah. The, the, the grind right, the is grind. where you get the long term success. Yes. The Russell Wilsons. You the Russell that, Wilsons, that, right? That uh, you know, Drew, Drew Brees is a great example. Remember San Diego gave up on him in five minutes instead of trying to develop him and they drafted his replacement. It was, it was three years, but yeah. <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> I think that last year, though, he, he had a pretty good season. I was going to say, he was pretty decent with the Chargers. But Philip Rivers was already drafted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, more of an injury. Then, then he, he, got, he, got into, he got into gear real fast when Philip Rivers was uh, was drafted. But I think that was year three itself, if no, I'm not mistaken. He was drafted in 01. Philip Rivers was drafted in 04. So 01, 02, 03. Yeah. And they're now both on different teams now. Interesting, right? Not even on the Chargers anymore. So crazy. They're both. They're you know what's funny about that whole situation is they're both going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, I mean, and the any, and still fucked it up. Any way you slice it, <laughs> both of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame, and you know, one Eli was drafted, right. yeah, was the other. Yeah, yeah, Eli was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, you're, you're right, Mike. Um, that uh, his right his his fourth season, so his lame yeah. duck year was the year in San Diego when he was really good. Um, but they had oh, already because Rivers, he, Rivers held out. Right, right. And then Breeze goes out and throws, you know, goes 
you know, 27 touchdowns, seven picks, you know, and yeah. he goes to the Saints and then, you know, it's it's all history from there with, with Drew Brees. But just it's just kind of funny how that how that all worked out. You know, uh, the guy that has success right away and flames out versus the guy that grinds has what 15 year career. That's awesome. So wait a minute from that QB class, the Philip Rivers, Eli, Big Ben. Is this uh, who was the best QB out of that class? Is this is it Big Ben? Like who who would you say had the best Matt career? Matt Schaub. <laughs> I mean, just on statistics and accomplishments, it's got to be Breeze. But I, you know, Ben. No, 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 no. The Philip Rivers Eli class. The way, oh, so. that draft. That's, that's bad. Is, that's is bad. it Ben? Yeah. Is it, it yeah. cut Ben? Got to be Ben. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Who's two? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got Phil and all his kids. I don't know. Phil and all his kids. I, got, I don't. Uh, I, I might. I, I mean, might what's leave. the square footage of your house, Mike? I don't think you can fit them all. I might lead. <laughs> I might lean towards Eli over Phil, even though Phil had the stats. Yeah, I think the landing spot was just was the tale of those two guys, right? Yeah, I mean, go, the, going to the Giants versus going to San Diego, especially back then, that's like night and day. I mean, uh, look, Archie Archie wasn't letting Eli play in San Diego for a reason, right? So in me, everything in me wants to take Phil. Everything in me wants to take Philip over Eli, but at the end of the day, Eli's got a couple of Super Bowl rings, and not only that, he made some phenomenal plays on that stage, right? And they'll stick with people. People don't really give a shit about the guy from Southern California with eight fans that racked up a bunch of stats. I'll, I'll, I'll always take the better player and figure that in that same circumstance, he'd probably do the same thing. But, I mean, it, not, not for nothing, though. San Diego had a, an amazing roster from about 04 to 08 until they had to start paying Rivers, basically. <laughs> But I mean, they, they, that was that was a, an incredible roster with with uh, I mean that defense. Yeah, and then you know again again though like I, I keep circling back around to the fact that Elias got the championships. You know what was the Chargers' best year? Was it you know probably the 07 season? Philip Rivers almost did what Eli Manning did do. Okay, yeah, that, that's, and, and, and and that's yeah. the end of the day. Like when when people were those guys. The championship game. That's kind of a basically. It, Went toe to toe with the undefeated Patriots at the at the time, um, other than the fact that they had no Tomlinson, no Gates, and Rivers playing on a torn ACL. Right, right. People don't remember that. They remember Eli Manning throwing a bomb. Right. People are stupid. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm trying to like think of Eli having a better supporting cast than Philip, but man, when you think of Antonio Gates, uh, LT, woo, I mean. <laughs> Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's organizational or, competence. Or, Offensively, yes. you have a point, Ryan. Or, Defensively, or, or, you don't. Organiz- yeah, or, organizational competence. Just Mike hit the nail on the head. Like the Giants um, had stability from head coach to positional coach for most of Eli's career, right? Uh, until the twilight, more or less. The Chargers, on Still the other North hand, Turner. went went that's fourteen and two with Schottenheimer, and then fired him for for Nor freaking Turner. Like that's that's the difference, right? That's the difference between having you know two rings and having none. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. Tom Coughlin needs to be brought back, Mike. Oh, oh <laughs> man, I think we're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I mean Jacksonville tried. <laughs> bless their <laughs> bless their hearts. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's quickly move to week six. We kind of definitely uh, went into flashback throwback mode there um but week six um i guess we can, can kind of quickly go around as far as any call outs uh call out games going forward um mike uh hayward 
uh, we forgot to mention Denver, the Denver Broncos, right? Since you resided in Denver as far as last week, but we'll let you start off as far as where do you see Denver now and this game, upcoming game against uh, New England, and then we'll also get DeWitt's take on New England as well going forward. Yeah, I had them picked. I mean, I, I think it's just bad timing. It's COVID year, 2020. It is what it is, but I, I think Denver would have beat uh, the Pats with their with the quarterback room that they have minus Cam. Looks like Cam is going to play now. Uh, so it's going to be a, an uphill battle for for Denver. Uh, that said, on the flip side, it looks like Drew Locke might get on the field. I was going to ask you who's starting at QB granted, for them. <laughs> granted, we I think I, don't, I still don't think we know how good Drew Locke is. Um, I think you know Denver fans are a little bit too optimistic about him. Uh, but but that said, uh, I think you'd rather play Drew Locke than Brett Ripon for goodness sakes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I think at this point my prediction in that game is flipped to New England just based on Cam playing with. With competent quarterback play, they should be able to beat Denver. Um, I mean, it's a nine and a half point spread right now. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Oh man, nine and a half. Man, I hate well, those spreads. ESPN is telling me ten. <laughs> Good lord. Really? Because I'm on ESPN right now. It says nine and a half. All right. Do we have anything, anything to add to that Denver Weird. game for you? What's that? Anything for you to add to that New England Denver matchup? I I agree with most of what what Mike said there. Um, the Patriots, if Cam plays, should win the football game. Um, you know, Denver, Denver's banged up. There's no Cortland Sutton. You know, we still don't know if it's going to be um, Rippon or Locke, who, again, as Mike said, we really don't know how good he is either. But um, it seems like they've been gutted a little bit here and, you know, with this COVID fallout. And New England's kind of found a formula to gut out wins. So I don't think New England, you know, I, I don't think I'd bet them to cover necessarily, but I'd bet them to win. Okay. And Mike, going right back to you, Hayward, uh, Giants and Washington football team, is, is this the ultimate casket match or what? Oh, yeah, the race to the bottom, the toilet bowl. Um, I was a lot more confident about this game until my man Dwayne Haskins got benched. Um, dang. Like, you know, I mean, Washington may have a chance. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I think, I think the giants all around are the, are slightly the better football team. Um, I'll have the giants picked, uh, but that said, it's going to be a, a kind of a do or die scenario for Garrett. If the giants offense can't move the ball, um, this week, if they struggle again, talking about you know, nine points, 12 points, then I think you're going to start hearing rumblings about Freddie kitchens, who is the current tight end coach. Uh, stepping in and becoming the the play caller, um, but uh, but yeah, I got the I got the Giants picked. I think that they've found some secret sauce with the running game and the quick hitting um, inside runs. Uh, Devontae Freeman looked decent, like for an old man who looks a little pudgy. He looked, looked halfway <laughs> decent. Uh, he got like he was picking up yards that other running backs, including Saquon, you know, normally don't pick up uh, just because he takes what's given to him, right? Uh, so, so we'll see. Um, it'll be an interesting race at the bottom, but, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, it's bad I, when I, our hopes and dreams are on Devonta Freeman. Yeah. Right. No kidding. Well, I mean, speak- and good. Well, I was going to quickly say, speaking of Devonta Freeman and hopes on him as a running back, what about Le'Veon Bell? I've heard the Giants as one of the teams possibly could, could be a landing spot for him, but I don't know. What I don't think that makes game. sense. You don't make sense? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're going to, you're, you're going to pay. I mean, yeah, I guess you'll split the bill if you, 
or I guess you know, I guess you're signing Le'Veon Bell to something cheap, right? Like you, you, yeah. you're not gonna have, you're not gonna pay both Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley, right? That doesn't make that makes no sense. Um, I, I love them both. I just don't make, I don't think it makes sense with the Giants. It's, 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 it's gonna be Jet, a one-year Jet, prorated deal or something. Yeah, the, the Jets yeah. tried for all they were worth to trade them, and they couldn't, so they had to eat that contract. Yeah, yeah. It, it, even if it's cheap for the Giants, it just, I mean, it, it'll be, it's a one-year deal, almost like prove it for the rest of the year. It's gonna take two or three weeks for him to learn the offense. The Giants are gonna be, you know, one in seven, one in eight by that time. It, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't think Bell's gonna go anywhere if it's not kind of like a team selling out for a small window, right? Um, I think, you know, he's going to end up with, with a there, team that has a, a team you know, in my city that Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. They need a dude. <laughs> Makes sense. They need way. somebody that can, they need somebody, they need, they do, they need a running back in Buffalo that can catch a 120 mile an hour heater from two yards away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to call you, uh, DeWitt and Mike Curran out because you guys are set on the Buffalo Bills running back, uh, Death chart with Moss and Singletary. Now we're talking well, about Moss has been hurt. And yeah. We don't know. It's a toe injury and, you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah no, Singletary has, is having his issues. Right. Yeah. Well, um, be, real quick before I forget, uh, quickly go back to Tampa, DeWitt. You got Aaron Rodgers coming into town. Um, yeah. Any calls for that game at all? Any concerns? Yeah, or I mean, takes- it'll, 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 it'll be a big story on the internet. You know, it's it's Aaron Rodgers, the second or third goat against the goat of goats, Tom Brady. Um, so there's going to be a lot of ballyhoo. There's going to, you know, be a lot of media coverage of it, uh, of what happens with that game. So, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm going to geek out on it. I'm going to watch an old guy play an older guy. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia with both of them. So, you know, let them, let them do their thing. It's fun. I'm going to geek out watching the way <laughs> the ball comes off the hands of each of the two quarterbacks side by side. And it's going to be hilarious <laughs> for you. Is, mm-hmm. is Chris yeah. Godwin coming back? Is is he back now? Is Godwin back? Do we know? Uh I don't. Not that I'm aware of, and that's been part of the problem. Is Godwin and 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 Evans have only played together one time this season, <laughs> um, only only the first game, and then and then Godwin was in and Evans was out, and then Evans was in and Godwin was out the last two weeks. So um, I haven't really heard much of that about that, and Evans is also questionable. But I'm assuming if. Godwin doesn't play that they're just going to, you know, they'll trot Evans out there again. Uh, even though he can't really walk, he can still be six foot five. So, <laughs> uh, so, th- so, so I guess that'll, that'll have to do. Okay. I want to quickly gloss over Baltimore and Philly. Um, you know, hopefully there's continue to be some type of progression with the Ravens offense. I'm curious to see how Wentz is going to play and what's his week six now. If, what's the jury on Wentz going forward? Baltimore should win this game. But I'm really curious to see how Philadelphia plays, you know, since they're already beaten up as is. And, you know, this will be an ongoing concern with Winston. Is he the QB for that team going forward? So I don't need to spend too much time on that. But I don't know if you guys have any call outs for that Ravens-Eagles game. I mean, I, I have, as you know, I have serious concerns about our reigning MVP right now. And, his, and, and defense is adjusting to him and his ability to overcome that. Uh, it seems like. We, we've seen it now twice in the last three weeks that we saw with the Bengals basically shutting his his passing game down, and I I it's it's the same thing you know forcing him trying to throw to the the sidelines or, or actually make tight window throws he he can't he hasn't been able to do it we don't know if he can um hopefully he he gets it together because I want to see this succeed but it 
I'm concerned. So I'll disagree. Uh, I'll disagree quickly on the tight window throws because he has made some. Now, as far as him being contained, as far as running on the outside, absolutely. I mean, that's almost become non-existent this season for him. He played hurt last game because he was out most of the week last week uh, due to a knee injury. But to your point earlier, as far as him like is running out um, outside the hash marks, I mean, that's basically been non-existent this season. A lot of teams have been. Um, you know, watching for that. His big runs have really been running up the middle. Go figure, right? That's right. Um, Is this right, uh, Ryan? I'm looking at the stats, and Lamar Jackson had two carries for three yards. Two carries? Yeah, well, he didn't Lamar run at Jackson's all. Well he, well, he didn't have any run yeah. plays at all designed for him last week because he was he, he played hurt. Like, kind of like Josh Allen, like last oh. night, how he didn't have any run plays, design run plays. It was the same thing with, with yeah. Lamar. They didn't date. They Playing the Bengals might have something to do with it, too. Yeah, but you could tell he I didn't. Mean, like, yeah, you know, why, why bother? Yeah, but they were passing. Like, like I said before, you have an opportunity to work on some things in those games where you're, you're basically the, the win is in the bag, but they need to work on some things. Right. I don't know if it's an but, fix. But regardless of working on things or not, the bread and butter is running the football at the end of the day. They're not trying to change that formula. And the Ravens purposely did not call any design Lamar Jackson run plays because he suffered a knee injury. Um, from the previous game, and he missed most of the practice week anyway. So, like I said, similar to Mr. Allen last night, there were no design run plays called at all because I think Allen was also playing hurt too, right, Mike, with the shoulder injury or something? His, yeah, his left. He's, he's got a, a bump. Yeah, he's so, only been – he's only run – like he ran 14 times week one. Yeah. That includes like kneel downs and stuff, but then I think he's only been like 14 times since. Yeah, so yeah, so two – yeah, two – yeah. in the other game. They're, they're not really – they're a pass first team at this point. They're, they're not really running it. Yeah, so well, we'll see going forward. Okay. But, uh, I got, I got the, I got the Eagles um, against the spread, seven and a half. Uh, Ooh, I like Baltimore's that. Favorite. I like I, that. I like what I saw with Philadelphia last week in a, in a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. I think, I think they'll get inside seven and a half, uh, even if it's through a back door. I think it'll be a little tougher than. Well, I'll quickly say this on the Ravens. I, I really don't want to spend too much time on them, but um, I will say this: uh, it, the concern in Baltimore is not so much of Lamar, Mike. Believe it or not, is really on who is our number two receiver. People are like thumbs down on Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin. So now we're hearing more and more unleash Devin Duvernay, and he's actually played well. Any single, anytime he gets like a player to his way, he produces. So the, the talk in Baltimore has been getting him into that number two slot um, because he's caught, uh, he's, he's caught seven passes this year. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe, yeah, but maybe it's just because he's, reverse, he's, he's had terrible. reverses too. Like he, had, he has reverses, yeah. screens. So I mean, I, I, I like I like doing nothing, nothing yeah. like actually like a route tree or anything like that. Like, right. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of yeah. what I'm getting at. More uh, involvement is what I'm trying point. to say. Like, Let's more, not get crazy. Yeah. Let's not ask him yeah. to like run routes yet. <laughs> no, no, but but it's Dang, been, but it is. But I know do it slam. But first of all, do it. You can't look at his 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 his. You know, as far as his targets, because like I said, he's been getting combination of, of screen um, reverses and whatnot. But look, it's better than what we currently got right now with Snead and Miles Boykin. I mean, Mike wants yeah, to talk about what I was getting at. I mean, you know, if you're if you're trying to elevate, you know, the 92nd pick his rookie year to the number two role, then you know, then they have some serious depth problems. Yeah, we know, and it's right now is becoming an issue. I think I was one clear, all right, uh, fade route to Boykin yesterday. It's just, uh, I know it's some of the things Mike doesn't see watching the tape, but there's a clear fade route play for Boykins and Boykin just forgot to play. And he ran a different route and Lamar knew it right away. And, you know, you just can't have things happen like that. You know, one-on-one coverage, he's like six, three, right? Um, so anyway, I didn't want to spend too much on the Ravens equals game because this game, I think should favor the Ravens, but um, moving into Monday night football, 
because I know we're short on time, just so you guys know. Uh, cue to Monday Night Football music. We have KC going into Buffalo. So I wanted to pass the, yeah. So I wanted to pass the, the baton back to you, uh, Mike Karen on thoughts of this game. This you you say Buffalo's a passing team. Well, they better show it Monday night. So oh, any I, thoughts? Yeah, I'm right. They better. Um, well, do it. I, you had a different spread on that previous game. What's the spread you have on on KC Buffalo? Oh, let's see here. Going to the game test here. I'm I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm um. I'm taking a look at it, and it's three and a half. The answer so, is Casey covers. Really? The interesting, part, the interesting thing for that is the line hasn't moved since that was the same line as before the game yesterday. So clearly the, the, the Ozmakers are not taking last night's game into account very much. Um, three and yeah, a half? It, it, yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm, I, we, we were thinking that if Buffalo – beat Tennessee would probably move to two and a half, but staying at three and a half after that game, kind of says to me, okay, we know that that's not the Buffalo game that's going to show up, but it doesn't mean that they're going to win either. So, I mean, does Vegas, no, I mean, there's, does, does besides Vegas, that point, you know, Vegas might not think, you know, you know, might, might see a much better Buffalo team showing up against Kansas city, but Kansas city is the defending champs. So, you know, there's two sides to that coin. Kansas City just lost too, man. They're they're not going to be, they're, they they just lost. They're going to have a long week. They're not going to be dicking around. Yeah, it's yeah. Casey covers. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and Vegas is high on Buffalo's defense. I see that's kind of beat up a little bit, right, Mike? I mean, three and a Their half. Their defense is very beat up. Um, what, but, what's the over? What's the over under? Uh, Dwight, do you know? I'm taking a look here. Fifty-seven and a half. Oh, they did. They, they, they ain't high on nobody's defense, man. It's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo can't first offenses. Yeah, right. Buffalo apparently can't set an edge, and now they're facing uh, Edwards, Hilaire, and Mahomes. That ought to work out well. Yeah. Um. Oh, I I bet Andy Reid will run more than six times. I'm not sure that's that's going to happen. We'll see. So we make (laughs) so we make fun of Mike Lorenz and his and his sleep time, right? I mean, are you loving these five o'clock games? By the way, you get a chance to watch all these Monday night games now. It seems like that started at five p.m. This is uh, I man, we've gotten really accustomed to Sunday at one o'clock. Like nothing other than Sunday at one o'clock for like twelve years straight, and now we got me at Tuesday night and then Monday at five, and it's like, how can I make food? <laughs> All right. Um, any quick takeaways from everyone? Uh, any any call outs before uh, we call this call this a show? I'm kind of short on time right now. I mean that the Falcons Vikings should be a barn burner. Can't wait for that. They're in, so I can just not watch it. Um, <laughs> the, the Niners. What's going on with the Niners? Are they going to bounce back? Uh, is is Jimmy G going to get his job back or not? Um, no. And, 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 what are, and what are the Cowboys going to look like with 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 Dalton having a you know full week of practice against the Cardinals and and Kyler Murray had the the famed New York Jets slump buster last week so he's he's back on his game looked incredible but you know that's what the Jets do they make everybody look good so uh, yeah it should be fun. Uh, I would just like to add I would just like to add a weekly fun fact. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, as, as most people know, over the last 20, 25 years, are one of the more successful franchises in the NFL. They've won a couple of Super Bowls, uh, won a lot of football games. This is the first time since 1979 that they've started a season 4-0. Wow. 
I, that that kind of blows my mind for a franchise like Pittsburgh. Dad, you got to also call out the Browns stat too, being four and one. What's second time, right? Since Bill Belichick, right? So you want to call right? stats? Yeah, yeah. Since right, since well, yeah, it's the first time since 1994 under the greatest head coach of all time, Bill Belichick. That the greatest. So it's probably, it's probably the first time since like what Marty Schottenheimer that was legitimate. Okay. All right. All right. Hayward, anything? Anything you got? Any closing yeah, remarks? Quick. Um. Quick and easy. Uh, Bill O'Brien fired, and Houston wins. Who'd have thunk? Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, oh, wait, wait, who's the next coach going to be fired? Oh, it should have been Gase already, but uh, <laughs> right. we, we, yeah. had, we had Dan Quinn fired too. Well, I guess maybe next show we can predict coaches getting fired now since we're already getting, I guess, to half. Well, we're getting close to the halfway mark now, I guess. But um, anyway, no, good, um, good topic, good talk. Uh, good conversation on everything guys um uh quickly you can follow this podcast uh, on twitter deep dive report as well as instagram um on apple podcast spotify um mike hayward where can we find uh follow you on twitter at law school mike okay and karen oh hell here we go Add underscore Mickey Dickey. <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> ricky, ricky ticky tabby got it out again and, and the wit <laughs> Alternative at alternative football 365. All right, there you go. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll resume next week. Sounds good, Ryan. All right. Later.